The world and its weather is changing. Record temperatures have once again scorched the US and Europe this summer, whilst wildfires have ripped across parts of Europe and North Africa. Against that backdrop, and with policymakers preparing to discuss the urgent issue of climate change at the COP27 meeting in Egypt's Sharm el-Sheikh, one thing has become crystal clear. Individuals, organisations and communities throughout the world must take urgent steps to adapt to extreme weather events. But what does climate adaptation mean in practice? How could collaboration between public and private sectors accelerate action? And what role should insurers play to help reduce risk while building resilience and speeding recovery from disaster? I'm Tom Parker, and with me to help answer these pressing questions is Amar Rachman, Global Head of Climate Change Resilience Services at Zurich Insurance Company, and Ivan Stalder, Head of Group Accumulation Management, also at Zurich. Welcome to you both. Amar, let's dive in. Cast your eye over the global economy for a moment and tell us the key vulnerabilities you see when it comes to climate change and extreme weather events. So irrespective of if we're looking at economic or other factors, at a fundamental level, the key vulnerability is the human factor, specifically risk awareness and perception. We look at historical events as an indicator of future occurrence. That's how our awareness and perception are molded. So we tend to be complacent in preparation for these high severity, high intensity events that we're experiencing now. Ivan, you're an expert in catastrophe modelling. What do your models tell us about the need to adapt, as well as the extent and speed required for that adaptation? The insurance industry has been using catastrophe models for about a generation, and they're great tools to understand characteristics in a framework that bring together exposure, hazard and vulnerability. These are all components that are very relevant in the context of climate change. To address climate questions, Catastrophe models need to be linked with climate science and its general circulation models, as they are called. General circulation models are designed to simulate mother nature for the long-term future until, for example, the end of the century. Now, Zurich is using artificial intelligence to bring in these CAT models for the future scenarios. This way, we can generate the hazard and the risk for the future for different scenarios And through this process, we learn how expected losses or risk capital may shift directionally with changing climate. From the sixth assessment report of the IPCC, we know that the rise in weather and climate extremes has already led to some irreversible impacts. Both organizations and communities have to act now to adapt to climate change. Amar, next question is to you. You head climate change resilience at Zurich. What does building resilience to extreme weather and climate change mean in practice? And what are the first steps companies and communities must take? So resilience measures can be grouped roughly into three categories, physical measures, preventative measures and risk transfer or insurance. What we need is a combination of these measures to be implemented depending on the level of risk, potential impact and the risk appetite or risk awareness. The first step is to develop the right combination of these mitigation measures, but we need to carefully analyze and identify the criticalities or pain points in the value chain, whether we're talking about societies, production facilities, or even for us as individuals. This type of analysis can be quite complex and requires the input of multiple stakeholders, not only within the company organization, but also including the local community, uh, where, especially where the companies operate. 
Collaboration is an increasingly important theme in today's business environment. With extreme weather events affecting all of us, how could public and private sectors work together more effectively to improve adaptation strategies? The science of climate change is very complex, impacting all segments of society as a phenomena. Also, developing the requisite solutions requires the input of all stakeholders. So every step of the assessment process, from identifying the risk, identifying solutions, and implementing them, requires input from everybody, whether academics, regulatory body, local authorities, the industry, and so on. Another important factor where everyone needs to work hand in hand is education. As I said, it's a very complex topic, so we need to educate the public on why we need to invest in adaptation measures. How do you both see the role of insurance in all of this? And how can it help adaptation efforts to be more effective? Ivan, let's start with you. Well, insurers play a key role through our core business of risk taking and and risk spreading. Risk-taking, as well as disaster risk management, for example, are important adaptation options, and risk-based premiums can provide an incentive to adapt. Also, we provide risk advisory and loss prevention services to our customers to help them with climate-resilient developments. Amar, what would you like to add? The insurance industry's expertise is in risk. We have the data necessary to identify assess and quantify the risks, and most importantly, develop the solutions uh, to adapt to these risks. Maybe when we talk about risk, one thing we need to clarify, it's not only related to the disruption that's caused by physical damage to physical assets, but also any risk that can impact the workforce, uh, reputational risks to companies due to complacency in implementing emission reduction measures, We talk about transition risks as well, which means changes in technologies, consumer purchasing trends, and so on. So risk is is very complex and not only physical. Ivan, how do you see insurers innovating to incorporate a long-term adaptive view of risk into modelling and pricing? And what changes could this bring about in terms of insuring against the effects of extreme weather? Yes, well, innovation is a critical part of bringing an adaptive view of risk into the modelling and and also pricing. Uh, This includes, for example, the ability to use data and increasingly global data sets and also artificial intelligence to develop these risk insights. Neural networks are impressive tools to connect and make better use of data to fill gaps and generate risk insights also in the context of climate change. Generally, I would say that these tools are underutilized and they pose an opportunity. I also see parametric products where payments is not triggered by a loss amount, but measured by a parameter as an opportunity. Uh, To give an example here, uh, coral reefs that can be damaged by a tropical cyclone with the wind speed being a trigger. Where do the opportunities lie in adapting to climate change and how can we make the best use of data to understand factors such as hazard intensity and frequency and vulnerability of assets to form a more accurate risk picture? Amar, I'll start with you. Before we talk about business opportunities, our focus is on what we all need to do collectively to solve the current crisis. As an insurance industry, we offer our core expertise in risk, our data, our tools to our customers and communities to gain a holistic view of the risks that we're all facing and develop a a solution plan. And when I talk about a holistic 
view of the risks. It's all the risks that are associated with climate, not only the physical impact, but the impact on people. So as an example of uh, the kind of data that we would use when we look at communities, it's things like demographics, it's uh, identifying vulnerable parts of the communities, quality of infrastructure, and, and so on. Ivan, over to you. Well, I see that there's a lot of tools and models and data sets that are available, models that have been developed. Maybe they were not originally developed or designed to respond and give the best answers in the context of climate change. But this is um, where, in my view, innovation comes in and where opportunities exist to do things differently, to use existing models, but bring them into the context of climate change and this way generate better information, be it intensity or frequency, bring this all together into the hazard and also vulnerability to come up with better risk insights. Amar, let's take a step back, shall we, from the detail to frame some concluding thoughts. COP27 is just around the corner and adaptation to extreme weather events resulting from climate change is likely to figure high on the agenda. What concrete steps would you like to see policymakers take in Sharm el-Sheikh? The COP conferences are where countries commit to emission reduction strategies and plans. And what I'd like to see from these COP meetings in general is that countries actually implement what they have committed to. Now, the problem is that some countries will have to bear more responsibility. There are going to be sacrifices in implementation of these commitments. But the fact is that climate change has no borders. It affects everyone equally. In summary, what I'm very passionate about, what I think we all need to do is every small measure counts. We all need to think as citizens, voters, consumers, what can we do? What I firmly believe in is that every small action counts. Collectively, if all of us together as citizens, as voters and consumers think about how we could be part of the solution rather than the problem, it will make a big difference. Amar, Ivan, thank you so much for your time today. 